0: Welcome to Breaking the Chain, the Leadership Series. I'm your host, Terencia Brown. In this podcast, we will focus on developing our emotional intelligence as leaders. We will pull back the curtain on the leadership journey experienced by leaders who have inspired and developed countless successful individuals. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the Leadership Series. Our guest today is Damon Tolley, HR Director for OneWeb Satellites. Damon is a leader who prides himself on being hands on and solution oriented. He has a passion for providing innovative HR solutions whilst ensuring employees are at the epicenter. He genuinely listens to the needs of the people under his care. So I asked Damon to share his thoughts and perspectives on the topic of mentoring and coaching in the workplace. His company has made coaching and mentoring available to their leaders at all levels of the organization. So in this episode, we find out why, and how this has made an impact on their employees. So welcome, Damon, thank you for taking the time to share your valuable experience with our community.
1: Thank you, Twinsha, and uh, thanks for having me today. I'm looking forward to, to sharing and exchanging with you.
0: Perfect. So for those of you who don't know, I actually pivoted my career from engineering leader to leadership coach almost two years ago now. So one of the main reasons for this pivot was me recognizing how blessed I have been to have amazing mentors and coaches throughout my career journey. But unfortunately, not everyone has the story. So this really inspired me to pay it forward and teach as many leaders as I can about the tools and lessons that I picked up along the way. So the tools that worked for me and made a difference to the people around me. So so this is really where the topic starts today. But before we get to the topic for today, we would love to get to know you a little bit better, Damon. So please can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you started your leadership journey, and maybe some of the leadership positions that you have held over the years. Of course.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I'm originally from the UK, and I I grew up in a a small market town called Grant Firm, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere and not much to do. You know, so throughout school and college, I I was never really inspired to go and do anything. I never knew what I wanted to do. I just kind of followed what was interested for me and what was most fascinating. So at the age of 17, I said, okay, I'm going to go to university and study law. And based all that upon, you know, Doing maybe one or two classes. I went to University of Surrey, which is in uh, Guildford, uh, and started my, my four-year law degree. And it um, wasn't quite what I was expecting. You know, you, you see um, lawyers on the the TV, and you know it's all criminal law. And then I suddenly found myself in this world of everything but that at times. But I was fortunate enough to be able to do a sandwich year in my studies. So this is where you can take a year out and go and spend it in industry, kind of applying some of the lessons that you've learned at college and at university and, and apply in that in real life. So I was lucky enough to get a placement within the HR team at um, a company called Astrium, which was a space company building satellites. And I absolutely loved it. You know, I was able to apply my, my legal knowledge that I've kind of picked up at university and then do this in a different way. So applying this to a real business environment and not just focusing purely on the legal side. I had a great time doing that. Uh, went back to university you know, with a whole different approach and was able to study new areas that were interesting to me and what I've learned during my year in placement. And then uh, after I finished my studies, I, I went back to Astrium, which now is a uh, part of Airbus. So since rejoining Airbus, I, I've held a, a variety of different roles in, in HR, supporting the head of HR UK. I had some roles with project management. I spent some time as a HR business partner. And then finally, I was a, a head of HR operations uh, for the UK. Back in 2019, me and my wife made the decision to, you know, move to the US and and try something a little bit different in a, you know, in a different environment. And I was lucky enough to stay within the Airbus family. And that's when I joined where I am now today. So, uh, OneWeb Satellites. I, I joined first as a HRBP, where, you know, while I got up to speed on the the US environment and how 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 that works which is very different from the European way and then I was fortunate enough to be offered the, the role as HR director back in 2020. So today in my role I'm, I'm responsible for HR and safety topics for the company and with my team I'm responsible for driving forward our people strategy for the company and making sure people who come to, to OneWeb Satellites are able to, to do so in, in the best way possible and learn and grow and develop as much as we can enable them to. Yeah
0: it's really an interesting journey. And I think it's, it's so important for people to see all the, the twists and turns that we, we take from university and, and how we, we actually start carving out our career. So another question that our community seems to appreciate from our guests is actually learning about your biggest fear when you started your leadership journey. So what was your biggest fear and how did you work on overcoming it?
1: that's well, a great question for me there, there were a couple of things but I, I think the the one that I feel and I still feel it a little bit today is you know struggling with a you know a lack of confidence uh, naturally I'm a quiet person very introverted and I learned very quickly that having confidence in myself was really important to, to help me progress in my career and you know I, I've taken on leadership roles in my career where I've had to you know lead a team and stand up and bring a team together which naturally was uncomfortable to me and you know my worst fear still still to this day is, you know, having to do uh, an all hands or a company wide event where I can get thrown any question at any time and have to answer it. And, you know, it's, it's, it took a while to overcome it. And I don't think there was a, a magic moment that did it. It just came with, you know, practice and practice. And the more I kind of push myself to be uncomfortable, the more I was able to, you know, build my confidence and feel at home with what I was doing. I've had a, some very supportive colleagues along the way that have helped me, and I think it's really important. That same same as you, I've had some really good mentors that have helped me with techniques and ways to, you know, approach situations such as this, so that I can build my confidence. And I always remember one of my colleagues. We were, you know, we were sat having lunch one day, and she just basically told me, you know, you you should not be afraid to speak up, and you shouldn't be afraid to, to share your point of view, and you have good ideas, and we want to hear it. And do it. And, you know, since then, I, I always keep that in the back of my mind and I try and do it. You know, when you asked me to come on your podcast, I was like, oh my goodness, this is uh, another one of my uh, fears of you know, public speaking. And, you know, you know, I have to say yes, because I think the more you try, the, the easier it gets. And it's, it's important to, you know, feel uncomfortable sometimes and it's, it's good to learn.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story and the background, because I think a lot of times when people see a senior leader, they, they think that, you know, you just appeared this way, but actually there's, there's so much development that happened along the way. And I love what you said that there were colleagues that it wasn't just, you know, people senior to you, but people on your same level that was mentoring you, coaching you at that time. And you recognize that the value comes from each of us actually coaching and mentoring each other. It's not always coming from someone more senior than us, but it's coming from someone that is recognizing something in us. So the first point that I actually want to tackle today is this definition of what coaching is and what mentoring is. So I often hear people using these terms interchangeably, but how do you differentiate between coaching and mentoring?
1: Yeah, and I agree. I, I hear the words used in the same way all of the time, and that there's a big misconception that they're, they're the same thing. But for me, that they're, they're similar, but they have, you know, slightly different different purposes. So I always see coaching as, you know, it's a more short term, it has a defined duration, and there's there's always a clear goal in mind. For me, it's linked to someone being able to improve in a specific area. So it's a little bit more of a formal process. And, you know, it could be something as simple as, okay, I want to develop my presentation skills or my Excel skills. And coaching is great for this because it means someone who has this experience and can work with you to teach you and, and share the best ways to do it in a very structured way that you can pick up the skills yourself. And I, and I often see it, as you know, it's it's like... One-on-one teaching, they work with you to guide you along the way, so you build up the skills and knowledge yourself. When I look at mentoring, I see this is a little bit more of a, a long-term activity, and for me, it, it's normally focused on driving, you know, career development. Here, you find that the mentees are a lot more in the driving seat, so they ask a lot more of the questions. They're listening to the mentor and learning from their past experiences or their seniority or activities or experiences that they've been in that maybe the, the mentee hasn't. For me as well, mentoring is, is normally a lot less formal and a lot less structured i think what's really important in a in a mentoring relationship is that there's a, a good relationship between the two people and that they trust each other to be open and transparent and and really share because it's about being vulnerable and it's about really understanding from different points of view particularly with mentoring you know i, I always look for someone that's had a similar career path or someone who models the behavior the individual seeks to perfect or, or maybe adopt. Mentoring, I see, is more about shaping your career and reflecting on lessons learned and maybe what to do differently or how to approach a situation. You know, when you, when you see people move from an individual contributor to a leader, I find mentoring is always great there because they can share, okay, I, I have this situation and have you had this? What challenges did you face? And it really is about sharing experiences, whereas coaching is more, okay, teaching and bringing someone on a, a journey to learn new skills.
0: Absolutely. I, I love that. I love how you've you've differentiated between the two. I use a quick reference for people um when when we distinguish between mentoring and coaching and mentoring is more, you know, telling people how you would approach something based on your experience and then coaching is then asking people how would you approach something to and get them thinking about it. Thank you for clarifying that and and I'm sure, you know, most people now will start Learning that there are different skills, there are different opportunities, and different tools that you can use to actually develop yourself. So it brings me to my next question, which is why do you see mentoring and coaching as powerful tools to then support our workforce?
1: Yeah, for me, it's really about growing that professional development. I find coaching and mentoring is very Engaging for the individual doing it, it's also engaging for the the coach and the mentor, and it, it seems to be a, a win-win-win situation. So the mentor gets something out of it, the mentee gets something out of it, and the company gets something out of it. If I if I look at coaching, for example, if you, you go to a, a training session and there's fifteen people there, it's it's not quite the same as you know you've been able to talk one-on-one with a person, and. Um, having the attention and being able to ask the questions that are specific to where you're not understanding or where you need support, it's the same with mentoring. You know, building that relationship with someone that you can that you trust and you share that information with is really powerful for both of them. People feel listened to, they feel engaged, and you know that it's all about making sure our teams are are happy at work and they understand how to do it, and there's no frustration. And I think mentoring and coaching is a powerful tool to allow us to directly target specific topics and move around different pain points or tie it to a development plan. I think as well, it also allows us to bring in different points of view. I think when you have a mentor or a coach that's not in the same industry as you or or in the same company as you, they can often take a little bit more of a step back and a bit more of an objective view. And I think sometimes when you have someone who's very busy in their role and very consumed by their role, that actually having someone that can step back and go, okay, maybe think about this or think about that also allows them to open up to new perspectives. And when there's someone external, they're more receptive to listening to it as well. I think it's also a great way for for sharing knowledge and in making sure that there's good succession planning for a company. I, I find that every person I ask or inquire if they'd like to be a mentor always jumps at the opportunity. They want to share this, their knowledge, they want to share their skills, and are more than happy to, to spend their time to, to help other people. And, and it's great to, to bring people together that not always would naturally work together or even uh, share this information. So for me, that, that there's so many benefits to to coaching and mentoring and that's why we we push it so heavily in in one web satellites is because I don't can't think of one situation where you know it hasn't hasn't been a success and it hasn't worked out which is always the aim of anything that you want to, to implement in an organization. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So how have you incorporated coaching and mentoring for your leaders in, in your organization? Is it a structured approach? Is it a buddy system? Is it uh, people doing it on an ad hoc basis? What have you guys, um, what is your strategy?
1: Yes. So so we do a little bit of everything. So, you know, within our Emerge Leadership program that that, that you teach, Torrentia, you know, we have coaching as a real cornerstone of that program. You know, after every module, people get to sit down with you and discuss the topics and how to apply. And, you know, the feedback is always really positive that, you know, they can they learn a topic, they can try and apply it and then they get to discuss it more and see how to. To change that going forward with mentoring we, we use that maybe on a more ad hoc basis, and it's normally when there's a, a specific need or if we're trying to develop some of our key talents for for future roles one of the issues that we have though is that you know we're a small company we're, we're 300 people uh, transnationally trying to find mentors is always a challenge Fortunately, we're able to reach out to our parent companies for support there and to external companies and, and it's also a good way to to build that network with other companies in similar industries that we can put together. We also use it you know where there's potentially a low performer or someone who's maybe not at the at the right level and it, it's a good way for you know sometimes people see HR come and talk to you and you know it's people some people have a, a negative conversation for some reason, and actually our aim is to to get people to be the most efficient and, and happy at work. And, you know, coaching and mentoring in no situation is also a fantastic tool to be able to get the person to understand and really grow quickly and, and uh, specifically in the area that we, we need them to. So, yeah, we, we, we try and use it in every possible way we can you know we have people come and request to be mentors or or requested to be mentees when we're looking at training we also look to say okay is coaching a better option rather than just you know a a traditional classroom or an e-learning training so it really changes on the situation that that we're looking at but but we're open to do it as much as possible because of the the benefits we we spoke about just a moment ago yeah
0: And it's so good to hear that you have, you know, a variety of options. So there is no one size fits all. So you look at the person, you look at the situation, you look at what is the need, and then look at who do you link them up with? Is it an internal resource? Is it an external resource? But ultimately, you know, as as I introduced you, the people are at the epicenter. So understanding what is the need and then filling that need. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And, you know, everyone likes a different approach. And, you know, you're right that there's no one size fits all. And that's true for most, you know, leadership or people solutions. It's good to talk with the people understand what they're looking for and being able to, to partner people together. And I think what's also really important is finding the right coach and the right mentor for each person. Because, you know, everyone has a different style. Everyone has a different personality. And, you know, it's sometimes... Total opposites work, sometimes they don't. It just depends on the person and what they're looking for. And and I think that's where we probably spend a lot of the time is okay, really figuring out who the best person is to, to help be a mentor or help be a coach, because it's important to get that right to build that relationship and build that trust.
0: Absolutely. One of the things that I often hear, though, from leaders is that they don't have enough time in their day, right? So we've heard from you why and how you are approaching this in your organization. So, some of the benefits, and what are the challenges that you see when it comes to your internal leaders intentionally carving out some time to mentor and coach their direct reports?
1: Yeah, and, and it's, uh, it's feedback we hear all the time. You, I don't have enough time to, to to spend on this, or there's not enough hours in the day. And it's it's always the same conversation that we we have back with our leaders that you know you have to invest some time to really to do this because you know it will free you up, it will free the person up to be more efficient and and, and work better. But that said, I, I really see coaching as a, as a key responsibility of, of leaders. Absolutely. So for me, the leader's role is not just to assign a task or, you know, say, do this and then walk away. Their role is really to, to share their knowledge, their experience, guide their teams on projects and activities and help them grow and develop at work. You know, so for me, managers should be coaching their teams as part of their, their job and their normal day and you know who better to help you on activities than someone that's there with you that can guide you the way through and understands the business they understand the context they understand the product or the service whatever it may be they can pass on their knowledge that they've gained and you know teach their team new skills and keep growing them i guess the downside i i see and is that you know some managers and some leaders really struggle to do this because at times they don't like to have those maybe uncomfortable conversations or at times maybe they feel like they lose their power if they can't answer the question. And uncomfortable conversations are, by the definition, always uncomfortable. And it's also part of the role of a manager. And you know, if you if you're not having those uncomfortable conversations and not giving the feedback on where people need to grow and develop, that they're never going to know. And it just causes frustration for the person, the leader and such like. That's really one of the big blockers. And you know, it's it's really helping the leaders understand that having an uncomfortable conversation is does have a benefit it might not feel like it at the time but the aim is always to to help someone develop and grow and and if I think if I look about mentoring there I have maybe a slightly different approach I think your manager can mentor a team member and it works but I think sometimes it's for me personally it's better to have a mentor outside of that direct reporting line you know sometimes it can be a little bit too close and sometimes you have to understand how to manage your manager. Um, you know, it's an awkward conversation to have with your manager when they're the one yes. <laughs> who's mentoring you. You know, it's good talking to somebody a little bit further away that can help give you tips and advice and guidance on, you know, how to work with your manager if or your leader, if they're not maybe... The best leader that you've had, or there's a little bit of conflict there. It means you get two points of view as well. Having this objectivity is really important. I think sometimes you know when you're in the heat of the moment and you're you're in this situation, you sometimes the blinkers go on and you only see it in one particular way. And I, I I think with the mentor, having someone a little bit further away, and you know in the big organization, you know it could be someone in a different program line or a business line or a different functional area to you, because particularly on the leadership side, the skills are transversal between different departments, you know, what the technical knowledge is obviously maybe specific for the role, but once you're a leader, you know, leading a team in engineering is similar to leading a team in IT. It's the fundamental skills are the same. And, you know, there's a lot to learn from people that maybe aren't in your world or specifically on the, the, the topic you're deeply invested in.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. As you were talking, one of the things that came to my mind was that for us to be able to encourage leaders to do more of this, we want them to also see and demonstrate the value that comes from investing the time. Yeah, So the return on the investment. When you started off earlier, you spoke about your confidence building when people coached you, mentored you. So I'm I'm a firm believer in coaching and mentoring, actually developing your confidence. So what impact have you seen in terms of confidence growth in the leaders who have gone through the structured coaching program?
1: It's huge, and, and you're totally right. I, I really see anyone that's been through a kind of coaching or mentoring program, or or a relationship, always seem to have a much better confidence in in their self and and the way they are and and that's not just maybe in business topic but also in you know personal or social situations too i I always find that people have a you know a little bit more new air and a bit of a kick in their steps should i say and you really see it And, and i think it's because you know people really appreciate talking with someone they really like to be able to share and to understand and when someone takes that time to invest one-on-one with someone you can allow them to ask the questions that maybe they're not always comfortable asking and I go back to the you know if you have a group session you know if, if you're lacking in confidence you're not always going to be the one to put your hand up and ask the question whereas you know mentoring coaching allows that one-on-one relationship particularly in my company we, we've had a lot of new leaders and new managers that have into their roles and so they, they've been individual contributors all their career and we've moved them into a, a new management position and you know that that's a daunting step for for people you know when you suddenly having to manage the people that you were working with the previously and you know by, by having the coach them I and having the tools that they didn't realize they had or needed it allows them to approach situations in a much better and more confident way because you know now they know how to handle it and they know what to say and they know what not to say more importantly and that's what's really important i think is we often give people activities or tasks or leadership positions or technical positions without always giving them the toolkit to be able to to fully succeed and i think that's also where this maybe lack of confidence can come from and i think Coaching and mentoring allows us to give people that toolkit so they feel confident and comfortable in what they're doing and they know how to apply it and then also apply that to their teams.
0: Absolutely, I'm a firm believer, and I, I'm always talking about emotional intelligence. And the first mm-hmm. core skill is the self-awareness and the self-management. Those two core skills, we can see as we develop through these these coaching programs. That's the one thing that a lot of people speak about. I've been coaching somebody where I when I first started, the person was you know very anxious, and as I was talking, you could see the person fidgeting with their hands. And as as we've been progressing through the coaching experience you can see a physical change because now the person is being validated they actually are saying hey I'm actually doing really good work already the tools that I'm using how I'm taking care of the people in my charge I'm actually being validated so it's encouraging me to be more bold in my decision making so I think there's so much intangibles coming out of the that coaching and the mentoring programs yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I even see that with my my own team. So, some of my team who are been coached or mentored that you can really see the difference in the way they are and the way they hold themselves, that, that they come back feeling happier. And, you know, you're right. I, um, I often see people as, as you're doing your coaching sessions in one of our meeting rooms and <laughs> the, the first few weeks, they're all kind of looking very shy and reserved and very yeah. quiet. And then it's, six or eight weeks or months later, you you walk past and they're very animated and smiling and you you can really see that that they're different and they're really... Embracing it, and and honestly, it's great to see because they're the people that we know they are. and We just need them to believe in themselves.
0: Absolutely, this is the fun part of my job, to be honest, uh, Damon. (laughs) (laughs) That I get to see, you know, that shift and the change. There's nothing magical about what I'm doing, like you said before. It's you know just taking that time to invest in someone that they see they are they are they feel valued, they feel seen, and they feel like you know they have something of value to offer someone else. And I think that's the the power of this tool. So, I love the topic of feedback, so giving feedback. Have you incorporated any of the feedback that your your leaders have given you that have come out of these coaching and mentoring sessions? I know the first groups that we had taken your leaders through, there were some themes that emerged. So, we'd love to hear some examples of what you incorporated into your your daily work into the organization to support that need that came out of those sessions.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. You're right. Feedback's really a gift. And one of the, the key things that we always do, whether it's coaching or mentoring, is get that feedback from the, from the mentees and the coach and the mentors to understand where we're doing well, where we need to change and where we need to adapt. Because, you know, you get some really invaluable feedback from people talking one-on-one and with coaches and mentors so yeah so within our company you know we took time to listen to some of the feedback that and the themes that came out and you know there's some really small quick wins and that was you know when we're having training sessions it would be great to have some of our senior management team come along to these sessions and share their point of view and and be able to answer some of the questions and you know it was such a small thing that we could do that everyone in the senior management team was absolutely on board to to do. And the people found it really beneficial to, you know, hear directly from their, their senior management team on these topics that they're learning every day. And again, it's allowing them to be a little bit more vulnerable in front of the, the teams to show that these are topics that they've also struggled with and situations that they've had to deal with. And, you know, it's building that relationship between the senior management team and the leaders was really beneficial and you know i I see those relationships still growing and evolving today we had some feedback on how we managed the organization in terms of communication and in terms of the vision of the company and you know it was a strong message that we received that okay maybe the way we're communicating today is 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 not the best way and messages are getting lost messages aren't flowing down the organization in the best way so you know we we took that feedback and we've made some changes to our communication strategy internally to make sure that we're flowing those messages down through the organization in the best way that there's a feedback loop so people can provide that and it's not always top down we want to make sure that we're listening to the voices of our organization And, and that feedback came directly from some of the coaching and mentoring sessions that we've now taken away and put back into our company. And, and and it makes a difference. And you know, if we hadn't done that, maybe we wouldn't have heard that message quite as loud and clear as, as it was before.
0: Yeah. So good. Thank you for sharing that. So as they say, time flies when we are having fun. So we are almost at the end <laughs> end of this episode. But before we wrap up, I would love to know what is the best advice you have been given by a leader that you carry with you today?
1: Good question. So this one is one that I carry with me all the time and let's always start with why. So no matter what the decision or the topic or the, the meeting, if people don't understand why they're there or what they're doing or what the point of it is, no one's going to be invested, no one's going to be engaged and, and no one's going to care, to be honest. So I remember one of my mentors telling me back um, many years ago, look, you're not telling people why we're doing something, you're just telling them this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, as soon as you start explaining the background, the benefits, why it's important, people understand and they're on board and they're engaged with you. And it's something that I like to carry today is that even when you're giving bad news, if people understand why they're giving them bad news or why you're having an uncomfortable conversation with them, it, it really helps them to process it a lot easier rather than just having that information without the reasoning behind it always start with why and make sure you're explaining the why
0: amazing there's a book simon sinek start with why yes uh, <laughs> this is something that's it's a good book it's a good book it's a foundation of you know the program that we are running the emerge program is really understanding your purpose and it's in everything really you know if it's a meeting if it's your career it's understand the why start with the why so really great advice so we're really grateful damon for your Invaluable insights that you've shared on this topic today, but what could be one small action that our listeners can take away and get started on this journey of asking for mentoring and coaching?
1: Yeah, I always say it's it's usual network. You're probably already connected to someone, whether it's on LinkedIn at work, socially that that's more than happy to want to help you and has advice to share. So really, don't be afraid to to reach out and ask people if. They would be interested in mentoring you and sharing their experience with you. I've always found that everyone I've asked has always said yes, absolutely. So it's just don't be afraid to to use what you have at your fingertips already. Yeah,
0: great advice. Great advice. Well, we so appreciate the time you've taken from your busy schedule to invest into this community and uh, just bring forward your experiences the insights. um, It really, really helps us. Uh, I love telling stories. So hearing people's stories, I think that's how we learn the best. Thank you, Damon.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's uh, been fun.
0: Great. And thank you everyone for tuning in and being intentional about improving your emotional intelligence. So please reach out to me on LinkedIn if you would like to learn more about the leadership programs that we offer to develop emerging leaders. Thank you for tuning in and being intentional about improving your emotional intelligence. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or even on our website at www.breakingthechain.online.